0: Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan Presents, Schlereth and Evans. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to it. Happy Tuesday. Great 6 a.m. listeners. Best of the bunch. Without further ado, let us us, uh, say a good morning to Michael Lloyd. Michael Lloyd, great uh, hopefully 6 a.m. listener. Listening right now because, uh, Michael Lloyd, you're on the clock for the fan flyaway to Vegas. Yes, you signed up. Good job. Now your name has been called. Now you have 10 minutes to call us back at 303-713-1043 to get qualified to win the trip to Vegas next month for the game. San Fran and KC. And just by qualifying, Michael Lloyd, if you call us back, you win a $50 gift card from GQ Barbecue, a $50 Visa gift card. As well. Michael Lloyd, you are on the clock. Good luck. As we get things rolling, again, just like yesterday, we've got uh, Mark Schlereth in New York City. He's doing some uh, national television this morning for Fox Sports One, which means my guy, Matt Smith. It's like it's like uh, what these teams now do in baseball, right? They they go with the opener, right? It's with the idea somebody from the bullpen. We're gonna have a Wait bullpen a game. Wait a minute. Yeah, a minute. no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna give you like the. Uh, hey, you're the guy. Go give me seven I innings. Can't, I can't
1: give you a five
0: good you, ones? You can't. You can't even give me that. I just need. You're coming out of the pen, throwing hot. Just give me two good innings. You're the opener, and away we go, we'll make it up. We'll, we'll make it a staff game. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I mean, I don't know if I'm okay with that. I might have to force a trade here. (laughs) Okay, I might have to, you know, force my way out of town. (laughs) Okay, Carmelo. Way to go. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) How you doing this morning? Good game last night, huh? Good Nugget win. playoff, Playoff feel to it. I love those kind of games. Hey, Mike, that was a great performance last night by the Denver Nuggets. A great performance last night, you know, as opposed to you know what they showed against Philly's bench that was a game that they showed up to meet the moment and and I was actually really impressed by Denver last night because they got down right out of the chute right it was 17 to 6 Malone forced to call a timeout and then they rally back behind their second unit which was extremely encouraging because one of the things that we have been I don't know at least for me I'll speak for myself a little bit I would say the word is maybe hesitant on lately is the development of the bench. I was happy with what they had shown through November, through December, and then things started to kind of become more inconsistent. And last night, I thought you saw Reggie Jackson, Peyton Watson, and Christian Brown really meet the moment, especially Peyton Watson, whose defense on Giannis, I thought that was maybe one of the biggest keys to victory last night.
0: Yeah, not only their defense on Giannis, uh, how about the way they really neutralized Dame Lillard, who only had, what, 18 uh Boy, does it doesn't feel weird to see him in a Bucks jersey still, doesn't it? It does. It, it does take a little bit getting used to. But I think it really boils down to the Nuggets' dynamic duo was better than Milwaukee's dynamic duo. And you had, uh, at the end of the day, you had the closeout, and you had the two-man game between Nikola Jokic and, and Jamal Murray. Uh Jamal goes for 35, Jokic a triple double 25 16 and 12 and and those other contributions that you're talking about enough to get the win spoiled Doc Rivers? Yeah. Debut? As uh, a <laughs> head coach team, of the Bucks. Same Doc. Same Doc. Yeah. he'll he'll uh, sorry Bucks fans, uh, you can count on Doc underachieving for you come playoff time. Uh count on that. And you also got the uh, benefit of hearing the crowd Uh, calling out the time of Giannis at the foul line, where you're only supposed to have 10 seconds. They did get him once on a violation, but uh, routinely, routinely, we're talking 11, 12 seconds for him to take a free throw. And it's not like he's a great free throw shooter either. He takes all that time all to shoot like 60%. The
1: the guy's in his head. And it was actually Nikola Jokic who was the one who elicited that 10-second call. Was it him or DeAndre? It was it was him. He was the one that was talking to Tony Brothers under the basket, and and he was, or maybe it wasn't Brothers. It was one of the other officials, and he was, you know, he was saying, "Hey, what are we doing here?" And he kept looking at him like, "Hey, that's ten seconds already." And I believe that the broadcast crew over there counted to maybe thirteen or fourteen before Giannis shot that free throw. I'll never understand how some of these guys get so in their heads at the foul line, Mike. It's a free throw.
0: Well, it'd be one thing if you go through this long, drawn out, meticulous, really amp up the concentration, focus on the front of the rim, eliminate you all the distractions. All that time. And, you and, but if you, all that but time. if you did all that and you went 10 of 11 from the charity stripe, I'd get it. But
1: he did sure. all that just to go six of 11. Yeah, he's a 66% free <laughs> right? throw shooter. Yeah, 66% on this season. Yeah. I mean, again, some of those really big guys have trouble with free throws because their hands are just freakishly large. But I think a lot of those guys get it in their heads, and sometimes I wonder what these shooting coaches are teaching over there because, I mean, there's no reason Giannis needs to be staring at the basket for six to seven seconds before he begins his free-throw routine. It's ridiculous, and I'm glad he got called on it. Got a great question I'm going to uh, toss out to everybody here in
0: just a little bit. Uh, Again, Michael Lloyd, you are on the clock. You got 10 minutes to give us a call back to uh, get qualified to win our Vegas trip fan flyaway. So our Cecil Lammy out at the uh, shrine game on his way over to the senior bowl, uh what report a reporting now. Uh, this is this is his report. So Cecil, boots on the ground, reporting mm. that uh what he is being told is that the Broncos and Sean Payton plan on being aggressive to move up for a quarterback. We're not talking moving up from like twelve to nine. Uh we're talking about the possibility of moving up like up to the third spot or so. To try to go
1: after one of the big three, uh, how do you respond to that report? Yeah, I saw that from Cecil. That's the that was the hot scuttlebutt at the at the Shrine Bowl, and it seemed like Cease and Mace were both alluding to them moving up to the second spot, is what I saw, but maybe second or third because I think they were both alluding to Drake May being the guy that Peyton would target, which I think is interesting because that's the first time his name for the Broncos has popped up into the equation. Last week, the flavor of the week was Bo Nix. It was Michael Penix before that. And then before that, it was J.J. McCarthy, right? And now we're on to Drake May. So I imagine we'll make our way through every quarterback here before before we hit the draft. It's interesting. It would kind of fall in line with what we know about Sean Payton and not really being patient. Not only that, but we've also discussed at length whoever the coach was that came in here after Nathaniel Hackett had to be able to wear two hats. That guy had to be able to at least rehab Russ, and if that didn't work, he had to be willing to put on the hat and rebuild what's happening and be able to develop a younger quarterback because they were going to be cash-strapped with that contract if they had to move on. So it would make sense that they would probably be trying to target in this year's draft class because he's not very patient. However, it doesn't necessarily mean I like it all that much, Mike. Well, uh, we'll debate it and we'll talk more about that
0: as well. Ramoslaw.com text line is open to you 303 713 1043. Michael Lloyd, you get just a couple minutes left. If you know all Mike, right you know michael lloyd uh quickly reach out to him because he may Wake be so may, he may be so grateful he'll if he wins he'll take you with him uh to vegas so coming up next got a uh, fun question for you in honor of michael malone winning his 400th uh career regular season game with the denver nuggets we'll uh have some fun with that coming up next
1: you use your cell phone for a lot of things but you shouldn't have to use it for everything. You deserve reliable home internet that fits your life and your budget. And right now, Internet Essentials Plus from Xfinity is free through the Affordable Connectivity Program. Get unlimited data and equipment included with no annual contract. Go to Xfinity.com free to see if you qualify. Restrictions apply. After program participation ends, Comcast standard charges, taxes, and fees apply. May not be combined with other offers. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth & Evans.
2: Yeah, I mean, it means that I've been here a long time. <laughs> you know, nine years. And so when I think of 400 wins with the Denver Nuggets, I think of uh, Stan and Josh Kroenke, you know, believing in me. And more importantly, continuing to believe in me, to be the leader of this team, to be the head coach of this team.
0: Uh, and that happened long before I won a championship. So that belief is just so it empowers you to do your job. Congratulations to Michael Malone, his 400th career regular season win with the Nuggets in their win over Milwaukee last night. Matt Smith, Matt with one T, sitting in uh, for Stink until 7 o'clock as Stink's doing some national uh, television work with uh, FS1. So, Michael Malone, you go back to Michael Malone's first year here, Matt, 2015-2016, coming right off the uh, Broncos Super Bowl. And he comes right over from uh, Sacramento, where he had, uh, had spent the last couple of seasons, going thirty nine and sixty seven. Not that good of a record in his first two years as a head coach. He comes here uh, to to you know put a young face uh, on a on a rebuilding project. First year he goes thirty three and forty nine, but then look at the buildup. thirty three to forty to forty six to fifty four and then uh, settling into that 46, 47, 48, then 53 last year, and an NBA uh, championship. Michael Mullins certainly had his critics over the years. No. Uh, (laughs) No, were, Were you one of them, and if so, have you been won over?
1: No. I covered the team when he got hired and before he was there as a beat reporter. And I remember Brian Shaw and the dysfunction that existed within the organization, the Mark Jackson warriors and, and that whole saga. And, you know, it was really interesting when Michael Malone came in because that was a team that was in desperate need of a culture shift. And that was what he did. He came in and he held the space for that team to become selfless to play the right way, and they started to completely overhaul their personnel, right? I mean, you're coming off the Kenneth Fareed, Ty Lawson, you know, that era, and he slowly transitioned out of it, and what was interesting about, about his ascension is it was supposed to be Yusuf Nurkic that was that guy. Right. I mean, that was the guy. Jokic was a second round pick taken in a Taco Bell, taken during a Taco Bell commercial, Mike. And when he started to slowly rise, right, they had Emmanuel Moutier, right. And Freed was starting to phase out. And, you know, you you had some of those holdovers, even from the George Carl era. And you're thinking to yourself, OK, you know, I can see the direction for the first time with this team since after Carmelo Anthony, where where, where we can really talk about, wow. What could this group do? And then they locked up Gary Harris and Jamal Murray, right? And and Jokic started doing his thing. And, I mean, I was just looking at the Nuggets all-time coaches' records. He's almost got three times more playoff wins than the next closest Nuggets coach. So, I mean, really... I don't know that I ever saw this level coming, but I knew that there was something special because I'd never been in a locker room with such selfless culture. It's really rare for a professional team.
0: Well, that leads to the fun question I want to toss out because we all love those Mount Rushmore debates, right? You got to put four up Mm. there. So here's your question, everybody. Who belongs on the Mount Rushmore of Denver coaches? Sure. Okay. And to me, it's a it's a pretty selective pool to choose from, but a pretty deep pool nonetheless. So, to me, and if you want to add anybody for no, consideration, ahead. Ahead. please, but here's who I got. You got you got Mike Shanahan. You got yeah. Gary Kubiak. You got um, Mark Crawford, Bob Hartley, Jared Bednar.
1: Wait, wait, wait! How many faces are on this mountain? No, no, no! I'm talking about candidates to vote for. Oh, 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 okay. okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not. T- I thought you were chiseling these yeah, yourself. I'm chiseling okay. away. You know, give me a, yeah. give me a little,
0: you know, a ball peen uh, hammer here, and let me go Excuse to work. Excuse me. Ball peen. Oh, okay. Never well, heard of that. Yeah. Ball, ball peen hammer? Am I yeah, am I one? Yeah. Really? yeah, I mean what, what, anybody? what year is this? Anybody? Anybody? Well, I, I don't know. Is it, it's it, one of those small it's little it's ones it's with a the, it, like the round a, head and a the square tool. back. It's a tool. Yeah, yeah, it's what, yeah. what yeah. an artist uses. And oh, excuse, I, I consider excuse myself an artist. I, I just so. use regular hammers, well, my framing hammers. And hey, if, you, if you're on Mount, you doing Mount Rushmore, man, you better have the right tools. But anyway, so uh then you got uh you got You got and you got Michael Malone. So to me, all apologies, all due respect, but you know whenever you you say all due respect, you're ready to kind of uh, diss somebody, but all due respect to Dan Reeves and Doug Moe, I don't, I don't think they they fit into this. So uh, I look at the coaches that have won championships, and and that's where I start. Well, uh, I would put here it, for me the first three are easy. Okay, the first three on my Mount Rushmore are easy. It's Mike Shanahan, it's um, it's Michael Malone because he delivered something that has never been done here uh, in the history of the Nuggets, and it is Mark Crawford. Because Mark mm. Crawford was the coach of the first professional team here in Denver to deliver a world championship. It wasn't the Broncos; it was the Avalanche. So for those those three become my easy ones, and then I'm I, I'm, I'm debating between Gary Kubiak and Jared Bednar as my fourth. How about you? Oh, that's tough. That is really tough. <sighs>
1: I know I threw it. I threw it at you. If you need a, a minute, no, no. That's you need a I minute. think it's hard. Well, I think it's hard. I think we'd have to go through the the numbers, especially with because who? I mean, we we're talking about. Every, there's no abs coach with two cups, right? No, right. So then I think it just comes down to you know what which stage of the avalanche was more impressive, right? Correct. When they first got here, or revamping that mm-hmm. team and stocking up in 0-1, or the slow burn to what we've seen now. And I honestly, when we talk it out like that, I mean, maybe it's tougher with a, a new team. And obviously, you know, recency bias. But if you think of the development with Jared Bednar to go from, what was it, the NHL record low for points in a season? What was it, 48? I mean, wasn't didn't they have one of the worst seasons in NHL history his yep. first year? Yep. He came in, you know, very late in the process. And then look at what he's done with that team. Three second-round exits, and then they finally got over the hump. I don't know. I might have to go with Bedsy. That's tough. But, again, recency bias, I feel like, is gets in the way there. Boy, Mike, that's a good question. Because you would also look at – I'm sure some people would say, hey, look, this is a
0: Broncos town, first and foremost, always has been, always with will Kubiak, be. Yeah. So if the fact that Gary Kubiak delivered a, a Super Bowl uh, when John Fox could not – and that
1: it was, um, but does he get penalized at all for the length of term in this conversation? In the context of this conversation, what do you mean length of uh, length of term? I'm talking about years coached, right? Like years at the helm. Oh, um, no, I don't think so. Okay, I'm just asking. No, I'm literally um, yeah, just talking yeah, it out here. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: but it's a good question. We'll throw it out there. Already some immediate uh, reactions. Uh, no, sorry, Don Baylor does not go up there. No? No Rockies.
1: Sorry. Any chance Steve Adazio can get up there? No, no. That, two dudes. I mean, do two we have dudes. any room for dudes? No, Do we dudes. have any room Love for dudes? Love the two
0: dudes guy. The two, dude, two, dude, uh, two dudes guy will always hold a special place in my heart. Okay. But But uh, no. Uh, Clint two Hurdle. Two dudes. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Uh, Steve-O. Not Dan Reeves. Took a bunch of tomato cans to three Super Bowls. I gotcha. I gotcha. But but in this town, we got too many coaches that have won exactly. championships. Exactly. Exactly. And doesn't that have to... Uh, take priority. Anyway, good question. Think about it. Have some fun with it. Hit us up on the RommelSlot.com text line 303 713 -713 303-713-1043. We will hear from Michael Malone on what he felt was the key to their victory. Just uh, what are the Broncos gaining their new VP of player personnel? And we hear from Iron Man. That's next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. With Matt Smith sitting in for a stink for another half hour till uh, Mark gets done with his national TV stuff with uh, FS1. Appreciate Matt getting up early to sit in. and Appreciate the effort that the Nuggets turned in in beating at Milwaukee last night. Matt, 113-107. Michael Malone... With credit for his bench. Well, I felt to start the game, we weren't quite ready. And I have to give our bench a lot of credit. I felt that first quarter we
2: went to our bench, I thought they were terrific. Kind, Kinda of, They brought the energy. And then when I put our starters back in, I
0: thought they played at the level that was necessary, considering who we were playing. Yeah, you look at what was happening there in the first six, seven minutes of the game. They fell behind by as many as 13 points. Just didn't have the juice, didn't have the energy. And credit to the bench, because normally, you know, you talk about a bench performance and you think, all right, they came in, they gave you really good minutes in that late third quarter, early fourth to really gain the momentum back or to, you know, hold the lead while the starters are getting rest. But in this case, uh, they came through real early at a time when this game could have really gotten away from the Nuggets.
1: Yeah, and it was a good sign, Mike. It was a really good sign because this is a unit that we've been slightly more concerned about here over the last month and a half or so. But Peyton Watson's defense against Giannis down the stretch was really encouraging because he might have to close some of these playoff games, be it due to foul trouble or, God, God forbid, injury, right, or just matchup. And maybe he's developing into one of those guys that you can rely upon to bring that energy against some of these perimeter players that the Nuggets need help defending. You know, I thought last night's win was really impressive because, I mean, look, Milwaukee made 12 more threes than Denver. They made 16. Denver made four. But Denver outscored Milwaukee in the paint. 58 58- 26 against a team with that type of length with Brooke Lopez, who led the league in block shots last year, and he's doing it again this year. It was an impressive performance from Denver. Maybe not the most efficient night for Nikola Jokic, but still another triple-double. And, and look, that is a that is a really good win against a team that will make a deep playoff run. So good to, good to keep stringing these together, and they got a big one against Oklahoma City coming up. So
0: if, if they are in a position where they want to upgrade their bench for the uh, playoff run yeah. and teams say, okay, fine, we'll we'll give you a, a, a good, reliable veteran, but we want one of your young players. And you have to choose between Christian Brown or Peyton Watson. Who would you be willing to
1: trade and who would you say, uh eh, thanks, but no thanks? It would clearly depend upon the player that you'd be getting in return. And again, to make that I'm just money, saying who you would who
0: you would be willing no, to trade. I'm,
1: I'm. I think there are stipulations here because I think it depends upon the player you're getting back in return. You also have to understand that the money may might not match if you're looking for a veteran with a big contract with a rookie. So I'd probably right now. I think I'd probably lean towards Christian Brown being more expendable Me because too. I think Peyton Watson has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I, I think you
0: look at at Peyton Watson and he's just. Because of his his size, his length, and I, I, I think there's an all-around versatility to him that you want to continue to build on, that you have to be intrigued by. Uh, I think Christian Brown's had a, a step back this year. Uh, I think he's going through the dreaded sophomore slump, whatever you want to call it, but he hasn't been the same impactful player. Um, when When you have to take a look at his performance yesterday and say, well, he didn't score any points, but hey, gave us energy. Six rebounds. Yay. You know, yeah, and no, then you concern and then you look at what Watson's doing, you know, going head to head and more than holding his own with, you know, one of the top three players on the planet. Uh, I think that makes it pretty easy uh, who I would hold on to and how, who I would be willing to move on from next on the morning brew. We're going to Mike Lissa join us here in about uh, 15 minutes. Want to get more uh, thoughts on Cody Rager. Who the uh, Broncos are hiring is their vice president of player personnel, where he comes from the previous nine seasons in
1: New Orleans. So (laughs) Sean continues to bring in his people. Is it Rager? I'm very disappointed to hear that it's Cody Rager because I thought it was Cody Rager. And that's just, (laughs) I I might be calling him. I might call him. I might call him Rager, even if it's wrong. I think that's a that's a better way to go. I like in it. Fact, if, if my last name were were Rager, I might just tell people it was Rager. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a song for him, Mr. Rager, Kid Cuddy. Um, I, I mean, this is just adding more of more of the New Orleans culture, getting Sean's people in the building, and. Cecil at least said, and I and I saw him comment on this that he is a very good. Mister Rager has a very good reputation in the scouting community. So look, I, I don't know that anybody around here would give George Payton full marks on all of his drafting yet. So maybe he could use a hand.
0: Well. Remember, again, it, it bears repeating for all the people who want to blame everything on uh, George Payton. He stopped having power the moment that Sean Payton walked into the building. So he is simply an employee now and looking for the kind of players that Sean wants. And so to have an, uh, somebody else added to the mix who knows what Sean wants and is looking for, all the better. So I think this Could is a good move. Can I ask
1: a question here? About Rager? Yeah, about Mister Rager. Does this does this have George Payton looking over his shoulder? Better is, is this better the potential George Payton replacement? Uh, absolutely, here? absolutely, absolutely.
0: Next on the morning brew. Well, we're only a few weeks away from the start of uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. So, as much as I have zero expectations for the Rockies this year, oh, oh I I always I always at least. You know, start with the idea that in spring training, hope springs eternal. Mm. So in that light of hope springs eternal, even I hope that Chris Bryant can bounce back. You know, when I show up to the ballpark every day,
1: you just see the work that the coaches are putting in, that everybody in the clubhouse is putting in, and the best teams that I've played on, have that same mentality so sometimes it doesn't show through in every game and sometimes there's a process to get to more wins but i feel like the the nucleus of the team uh that we have here is that if we're out of it in september it doesn't mean that early bp is canceled or the work isn't going to be put in this guy's (laughs) this
0: guy's talking about culture this guy's talking about chemistry this guy's talking about putting in the extra work.
1: Holy cow. He he does know who he is, right? That was that was a really impressive soundbite. I hadn't heard that yet. There were so many good parts to that. Whether it be him going back to the well of well the teams that I've been on because we heard that when he first got yeah. here. I've never been on a, on a losing team. Right. That's never happened to me. Right. And we all sat there going, "Oh, sweet kid. You know, oh, yeah, you don't know what you got in store for you." And then to hear him say that, Mike, I well, I don't know. What here, do you want me to say? What here, do you even want me to here, say? That here is you unbelievable. I, I
0: I love any a guy who is, out of a, a possible 324 games that he could have played here in the two years he's been with the Rockies, he's yeah. played in 122. Yeah. 122 out of 324. <laughs> and uh, this guy is telling us all how
1: it needs to be. And that's yeah, my guy, high. too. You know that's my guy. I mean, that's Golden Boy. He, I saw Chris Bryant, and I love Chris Bryant as the NL MVP. Now to see him as this, it's just sad, okay? It's just pathetic, and it's unbelievably hypocritical. It's impressive that he could even open his mouth and say those words here. But honestly, to him, he doesn't care, and I don't think he thinks the fans care. I'd have so much more respect if, uh, for
0: him if he said, look— let me let, let's be clear.
1: I have out of it in September. I have, what do you mean what, what
0: about July? I have that's stolen that's I, have I have expect. stolen money for the first these these last two years, okay? Anytime yeah. I uh go to the bank, I should be wearing a mask, okay? And I'm talking <laughs> exactly. about like uh, uh I'm talking about like a a, ski a, mask. a rob a rob the train back in the uh, old west days uh mask. So th- this this guy let let's <laughs> Let, let's just come out and just say, "Hey, you know what? My goal is pretty simple. Uh, I need to start earning my paycheck, and let's just leave checks. it at that, okay? And not talk about, hey, you know, guys need to put in the extra work and uh, no days <laughs> off, and oh my goodness,
1: <laughs> there he doesn't mean morning BPs canceled Iron Man."
0: 122 out of 324 games, uh, and he's Chris, what happened to you? He's lecturing people. That'll do it for the morning brew. Bring that to you each and every morning at 6:30. The aforementioned Mike Cliss will join us to uh, tell us more about Cody. Don't call me Rager Rager or don't call me Rager Rager, however we want to go with it. And um, should George Payton be looking over his shoulder? We'll talk to Mike next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fans. Mark will be joining us uh, coming up at 7 as he's finishing up some uh, national TV work in New York City for uh, FS1. Matt Smith sitting in as we welcome in Mike Kliss, our 9 News Bronco Insider, presented by Fitness Gallery. Mike, uh, good morning. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Cody Rager. Although we wish he went by Rager, that'd be so much cooler. But so uh, much cooler. Tell us about Cody Rager, and uh, does his arrival mean that George Payton should be looking over his shoulder?
2: You know, I have to. I'll have to look at that um, because I was told it was Rager. Um, oh, it is. Oh, like, it is Rager. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was told. All we'll right. have to double. Don't. We'll have to. We'll have to double check on that. I was I was told a softie, but no. Um, you know the George Payton questions have been going on really since russell uh had a tough first year here when he when he went four and eleven in that five and twelve season and uh, I know there are a lot of speculation after Russ was benched. I think this is uh, an addition, and this is a you know a new set of eyes which is which is good i i think look. George Payton should get another set of eyes based on uh, what the team has done in the three years he's been here. They haven't had a winning season yet. All those guys. Um, his specialty, uh, Cody Rager, I'll call him Rager, and and maybe the next show we'll, we'll get it definitively when he shows up. Um, the, uh, he's, his, his real expertise is on the college scouting side that's where he was the assistant college director at new Orleans here with the vice president of player personnel. He, um, he is over, uh, kind of over both sides. Although Darren Muji is still the assistant GM. So it's George Payton, Darren Muji, and then, uh, Cody Rager, uh, is the way the ladder works. AJ Derso on the pro side, Brian Stark on the college side. He's a uh, college director. And, um, Really, I think it's uh, more about a, another set of eyes for Brian Stark on the college side um, as well as, you know, the overall operation for George Payton. So, I, obviously, Sean Payton is, uh, is the guy who hired this, uh, hired him. He knows him from New Orleans, was impressed with him. I've heard good things about him. So, uh, we'll see if it helps.
1: Mike, that is the front office side. But as far as the coaching staff goes, it doesn't seem like there's been much turnover so far. Are we anticipating any changes? I know Christian Parker interviewed for D.C. spots in several positions in, in several locations. Are, are we waiting on anything there? Yeah, uh,
2: he had uh, uh, Christian Parker had a D.C. interview with uh, the Patriots. They were uh, filled that position in-house. And then uh, the Packers, where he has a relationship, a prior relationship with Matt Lafleur, he was there in 19, 2019 and 20 as a quality control coach. I was kind of that's the low level break in uh, position, and uh, did enough to get a to get a Zoom interview last Thursday. Uh, I think he's a serious candidate for the Packers DC job, but I don't necessarily think he's the leading candidate. Um, so, right now, everybody is, uh, from what I understand, everybody, all all the staff uh, was in as of yesterday's planning to come in today. Uh, so no changes now. We're three weeks plus out from the Broncos' last game, and um, you know a lot of the a lot of the quality up and coming coaching assistants are already uh, uh, you know hired and, and fired. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, Sean Payton is known for taking his time. So, um, you know, don't, don't completely dismiss the fact that a change or two is coming, but, uh, none so far.
0: All right. On the, uh, let's use that patience theme and, and draw it out a little bit here. Our Cecil Lammy out at the, uh, senior, uh, excuse me, the shrine game the last, uh, several days. Uh, said that according to folks he's talked to, the the rumblings are that the Broncos and Sean Payton are going to be very aggressive in trying to move up for a quarterback. Uh, in in theory, to try to move up to get one of the uh, big three of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and, and Jaden Daniels. Are you hearing similar talk as well?
2: No, I'm not. That would be real tough for them to do. Um, based on uh, you know, you'd have to you'd have to involve you'd have to involve a player, you know, and something like that because they don't have the draft capital. Unless they, again, get caught in the trap of uh, trading future picks. I I guess you could trade away next year's, not only this year's uh, first and third, I guess. They don't have a second because of Sean Payton. But uh, they would trade, uh, you know, a 2025 first and second round pick is what they'd have to do to get to the top three. I think, uh, because of where they're at, that's uh, that's uh, a non-starter for the Broncos. They just haven't picked in the last uh, two, and now they're giving up a second for Sean Payton. I think that's enough with trading away draft picks. You know, this team, it's not just the quarterback, guys. Compare this roster to the 49ers roster. Mm-hmm. And, and the 49ers kind of were in the same boat when they – They traded away three first-round picks to move up to get Trey Lance. Devastating, you know, horrible trade for the 49ers, but not a catastrophic one because they had, first of all, yes, they hit on Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. But there is also, you go through their roster, tell me where Nick Bosa is on the Broncos roster or where Debo Samuel is or where Christian McCaffrey is or or Trent Williams or, or Fred Warner um, you know, these, uh, th- that roster is a uh, stack, they got about 10 guys, uh, that are, that are superior at the, even Brandon Ayuk had over 1300 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody talks about Sutton and Judy around here. Um, those guys didn't come close to a thousand yards again. Um, so, uh, pretty, yeah, you got to hit on a quarterback for sure. But are the Broncos in position to help that quarterback if they get one? You use the and word... And I think, I think they need those draft picks to strengthen the overall roster.
0: Okay. And 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 I'm just asking your opinion here. We're just kind of chopping it up with Mike Kliss. Uh, Mike, you use the word trap uh, about moving f- even more future assets. But if, if the idea behind hiring Sean Payton and going out in, and investing in Sean Payton so much, if, if Sean Payton, with his resume as an offensive guy... Finds sees a quarterback high up in this draft that he really really likes. Then isn't that worth the pain of giving up future draft picks, even more future draft picks?
2: Yeah, uh, possibly. Um, uh, it, I, I suppose that could be the thinking. Um, that, uh, I, it is uh, you know Cecil's hearing that at the uh, at the Shrine Bowl. I would tell you they have not made that decision. I mean that that's maybe something they're thinking about. You're thinking about everything. You're thinking about trading back and and getting a second round pick. Um, you know I think everything's on the table for the Broncos right now, and they haven't they haven't zeroed in. I mean they're going to have to. Uh, I think they'll do their due diligence on all these quarterbacks. I think they'll sit down with Caleb Williams and sit down with Jaden Daniels and and take a look at these guys. And Drake May, and um, you know, really, um, really evaluate and, and figure out which one uh, they really want. But um, I don't think that the decision to move up—I don't, I don't think they're close to
0: that. All right, Mike, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. You got it, guys. Mike Cliss, our nine News Bronco Insider, presented by Fitness Gallery. Well, Matt, our time is over way too soon. <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow, <laughs> Let's do it again tomorrow at 6. I'll
1: Mark right Slareth
0: early. joins us coming up next for 4 Down Territory straight ahead.